Hunter Walker. Hunter is Yahoo News national correspondent. He covers national affairs and the 2016 race. He focuses on my gal, Hillary Clinton, and her campaign. Prior to being with the Yahoo News team, he was politics editor and senior political correspondent for Business Insider. And it's more than a pleasure to have him with us out of the Big Apple Yahoo News New York offices, Hunter Walker. Hunter, Happy New Year. Good afternoon and welcome. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me on. We have so much to talk about. Hillary Clinton is my girl. She was before Barack Obama. she got to get it this time. Uh, anyway, uh, first of all, before we talk about this, how is it covering a, a, a campaign uh, with uh, Hillary Clinton and with a, a woman uh, running for president? I know that you do cover uh, this race, but you do focus on uh, Mrs. Clinton's campaign. Yeah, I would say, you know, one thing is that her campaign is very, very, very well run which means it's not necessarily the best for me because <laughs> it's very difficult to extract information and gossip and secrets from them. Um, but, you know, this is, this is just such a fun, wild race, and I honestly really consider it an honor and a privilege to kind of be here for such a wide-open race that's had so many crazy twists and turns. We uh, speaking of crazy and twist and turns, the polls certainly are that on a definitely weekly basis, sometimes daily or even hourly basis. As of late, let's look at the polls. Let's look left, right, and then left versus right. Uh, on the left, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders certainly have the lead over Martin O'Malley. How much of a lead on a national level, approximately, does Hillary Clinton have over Senator Sanders? Um, You know, she's doing very, very well in national polls. Um, She's got like a 40-point lead on him. I think she's at 60-plus percent. But obviously, you know, we do not have a national popular vote deciding the nomination. So the real question is the primaries and specifically the four early states. And the picture there is actually quite muddy. And, and let's talk about that. In Iowa, my understanding is there's a slim lead uh, Hillary holds over Bernie, about 48% to 45%. That's a 3% difference, and that, some people would say, is just on the cusp of that margin of error of polling. And uh, in New Hampshire, um, it depends, again, uh, which day that uh, you, know, you, you look at, um, but uh, they show in New Hampshire, the last I had seen, that she actually has a larger lead in New Hampshire than she does in Iowa, 50% to 46%. Would you say that's about accurate right now? Because, uh, you know, I've also seen Senator Sanders in a dead dead heat with her in that state. Yeah, well, just pull, pulling up um, the, re- the Real Clear Politics average, and what they do is they um, bring together a couple polls. Uh, that shows Sanders with a slim six-point lead in New Hampshire. Um, and, again, that is, that is close to that, you know, 3 or 4% margin of error. Um, and it is much, much less than he's had in the past. He's been up in the teens in New Hampshire in some polls. So, um, you know, we're seeing actually a narrowing in both places where in Iowa she had a, a bigger lead and now they're almost even. And in New Hampshire he had a bigger lead and now that's, that's dipped a little bit. Um, but one important thing to keep in mind for Iowa is that National polls, I mean, not national polls, but polls of the race are only so useful, uh, particularly on the Dem side. The Iowa caucus has a really complex set of arcane rules. This is actually decided in the room at each precinct uh, based on how voters decide to group together in this complex process that involves horse trading and bargaining and multiple counts. So, you know, Iowa is really um, a wild race right now. 
Uh, and let's talk about why, why do you think she, uh, Hillary has lost some ground and Senator Sanders, Sanders has gained some in Iowa as of late? Well, you know, Senator Sanders' best uh, constituencies are young people. Uh, and Iowa is a pretty big college state. You know, I, I've had a couple operatives. I've been there a couple times, and I've had operatives kind of walking through the map. And there's a couple really huge college towns in Iowa, and that is very, very fertile ground for Bernie. Um, where Secretary Clinton does well is with minorities. So the two states where she's looking better right now, uh, of the four, we have Iowa, then we have New Hampshire, then Nevada, then South Carolina. In Nevada and South Carolina, where you have a more diverse electorate, Clinton actually does a lot better. Okay, and let's also talk about why Senator Sanders, who's from neighboring state of Vermont with New Hampshire, has lost some ground there. Because, I mean, I, I think if we look at numbers, he's lost more in New Hampshire than she has in Iowa, if we just look at percentage points. Yeah, um, he's, he's definitely slipping there. I think one thing that we've noticed is that as he's climbed in Iowa, um, we've seen Secretary Clinton's team and um, the secretary personally really put him in their sights and actually start to kind of target him specifically. Uh, most recently, we saw them attack him for his position on guns in a way that we just hadn't seen before. I mean, the two of them really had a detente, and that seems to be evaporating a little bit as this race is getting tight. You know, I mean, you're a journalist, not to ask your opinion on this, but your opinion based on uh, what you have seen or what you have gathered. Does it really come down to who likes her versus him? Because they're not all that different with regard to policies and even where they stand with or against, uh, you know, and separate from uh, the president. You know, I think it's very interesting. I mean, you know, as I say that the Clinton campaign has sort of attacked Bernie more. We've seen them arguing that one of the big arguments they've made is that he differs with Obama on certain issues or that he's criticized Obama, and the Sanders campaign denies that. So we really are seeing this fight happen in a very narrow ideological window where you're right, you know, these people aren't um, super, super opposed to each other in terms of their ideas. But I think, you know, what a Sanders supporter might argue is that um, – He's been consistent in his positions for a long time, where she's been a little uh, later to the party in terms of things like Keystone. Um, And what the Clinton supporters would argue is that he's actually very different from her, not just in terms of experience, but notably on his position um, with regard to guns and also with regard to immigration. They, They don't see him as being sufficiently progressive on those. Uh, we'll talk about Republicans in a bit, uh, just referring to Republicans and, and, and Republicans uh, like Iowa, for example. We've seen people like Huckabee or Santorum, names that never became nominee or president, uh, names that many people don't think will have the strength and numbers to ever be, at least in this presidential uh, election, uh, the nominee or president. How important is the breakdown of those four states, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina and Nevada? Um, you know, for example, if Bernie wins Iowa and New Hampshire and uh, Hillary Clinton wins South Carolina and, and Nevada, uh, when we look at just the map, we look at the, you know, uh, we, we look at those states and then we just look at the map on a larger scale, electoral college scale going forward. How much do those four states matter and in, in winning, uh, you know, as many, if not all four matter for the Democratic nominee? Right. Well, you know. This is sort of a, a pet peeve of mine. Um, you know, those four states are absolutely crucial in terms of becoming 
the nominee. So it's, it's, you know, really interesting, and I feel like people don't necessarily realize how little input the vast majority of the country actually has on the process of choosing the nominee. Um, so, you know, those, those four states are crucial. I think if we look at the electoral map, um, I see very little chance that um, we will have a Republican, whoever wins on the Dem side. I agree. Um, yeah, but, you know, within those four states, I think one thing that's really interesting is this. The Clinton campaign is sort of forced to confront a nightmare scenario right now that they had not been dealing with before. And that is that Bernie wins Iowa and then also wins New Hampshire. You know, as we were discussing before, it's, it's a very close race, really. Anything can happen in either one. And I feel like, you know, if he wins Iowa, that gives him a little momentum that helps him pull further ahead in New Hampshire. Clinton is well ahead in South Carolina, in Nevada. All the states coming up on Super Tuesday look a little better for her. But, you know, I, I think they would have reason to be afraid if he's got the momentum from two victories in a row coming into the rest of the calendar. And in, uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I, I want to know, uh, like you said, they're, they're quiet, but how confident are the uh, Clinton campaign staff that she will be the nominee? We'll talk about that. We'll take some calls, some people holding. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number, like I said, to pick up the phone and join us. One more segment with our first guest in this first half of the hour, Hunter Walker, Yahoo News National Correspondent. We'll be back with him. We'll be back with you. 888-6-LESLIE is the number. Follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Follow Hunter at Hunter W. Follow Yahoo at Yahoo News. And the website for Yahoo is news.yahoo.com. Back after this. Marshall, welcome, welcome back. Geico has been saving people money for over 75 years. Back here on the only true democracy in talk radio, before we uh, go to the call, like I told you, we've been talking with our first guest of this hour in the first half, Hunter Walker, Yahoo News National Correspondent. Hunter, before the caller, um, are the is the Clinton camp, or at least do they show you for appearances in the rest of the press, confident that uh, Mrs. Clinton will be the nominee? In other words, how much do some of these type polls in the states, especially like New Hampshire and Iowa, concern the Clinton camp with uh, Senator Sanders uh, within uh, that uh, small percentage, you know, margin of error uh, reach? Well, you know, as I said to you before, they are a very disciplined on-message bunch. So it, it's sort of hard to know what they are really thinking. But interestingly, you know, they have always operated under the assumption that this wasn't going to be inevitable for her. This was going to be a real fight. Even when she really looked like the overwhelming frontrunner, uh, they pushed back on that. Uh, I think the difference is that in the beginning, that was just what they had to say, and they were you know, internally feeling confident, whereas now I think they, they do have a little reason to sweat. 
I don't know how much reason to sweat. <laughs> but we'll see. I think there are some people that said, I'm going to vote for, you know, Bernie uh, in the primary and Hillary, you know, in the uh, general. And then some people are saying, look, if somebody can't win a general, maybe you should put your support to Hillary. I'm seeing more people go that way. And I think in some of these debates, uh, she has uh, gained some traction among Democrats. We will see. Let's take some calls on line two in New Mexico. Paul joins us. Question or comment for our guest, Hunter, from Yahoo News. Yeah, um, thanks for the discussion. I really love it. But, Hunter, I'd I'd like to get your feedback. Um, You know, I think one of the biggest problems is a structural one. Uh, You know, these polls will go up and down. I think the the way the DNC has been running this uh, nomination process is is absolutely uh, criminal, you know. I think Bernie has... It's, it's amazing how much uh, support he's getting with with uh, with the way things are set up. I mean, these debates Sunday night on a three day holiday. I'd love your feedback. Okay, th- uh, thank you, uh, Hunter. Well, thanks for the call. You know, I, I think you bring up something that you know it's hard not to be concerned about. And, and I had the experience um, at the most recent Democratic debate in New Hampshire of asking DNC chair uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz um, about these questions about debate scheduling. Um, And, you know, there's sort of two elements to that. One is what the caller alluded to, where they're holding debates on weekends, in this case on a three-day weekend, um, when TV audiences are traditionally much lower. The other is that there's a low volume of debates, with, with six, and only four of them actually coming before both of the two first primaries. Um, and obviously that's a bad situation for a lesser-known candidate trying to gain traction. Um, the DNC argues that they... Um, the DNC argues that it's the network's decision to do this, although I think it's valid to question that, since why would the networks opt for lower ratings? And the DNC also argues that six is plenty for a number of debates. Um, one thing that I think we might see is, you know, it looks like Martin O'Malley is not long for this world. And at the point where we really do officially just get into a head-to-head between um, Secretary Clinton and Senator Sanders, I think the party is really removed from the process, and the candidates can do a lot more to direct the number and format of the debates on their own. And I think we may see more debates come out of that. When we look at uh, Mrs. Clinton on a national level, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, she just uh, dominates. She has a double-digit lead um, over uh, Senator Sanders in almost every national poll of Democratic voters. Do you think that's also uh, thankful in part to the dominance that she has with minority voters, specifically African-Americans and, and Latinos, the Hispanic community? Absolutely. That's that's the biggest segment for her. I think, you know, the stereotype, given that she would be this historic first female president, is that, you know, women are overwhelmingly backing her. And actually, there was some recent polling that showed that women under 35 and millennials are actually going towards Bernie. So that's not the group that's really her core. Her base is with minorities. I mean, South Carolina, you know, she's beating him by, I think it was like 60 points um, due to the fact that the state has all, um, she's beating him 60 points within the state's largely African-American electorate. So minorities are absolutely crucial to her. And I think the if she's able to hold on to that advantage in the face of wins by Bernie in either Iowa or New Hampshire, she's going to be able to tie this up. 
and you know, some people would say, yeah, but she needs women, and she certainly needs, you know, whites, and she needs white males, <laughs> which uh, still right now are the uh, the majority. I mean, women are the majority, but you know, uh, not at least for now until 2054. Uh, you know, the uh, the the Caucasian voter, the white voter, is the majority. You know, over the minority voter, um, even though that is you know gaining, and, and certainly will continue to do so going forward. Um, how does she fare with Senator Sanders uh, with women and with white male voters? Um, you know, I, I think the big thing, Senator Sanders' base is overwhelmingly white, but I think another thing about them is that they're overwhelmingly young. So the big group that Clinton needs to sort of keep an eye on, and, you know, assuming she's able to send him off for the nomination, the group she'll want to improve with is uh, the youth vote. And also, I think, you know, the left side of the progressive coalition. She'll want to hold on to them um, in order to fend off a Republican challenge. Those are really her areas of weakness. What could she do from, I mean, you said this is a very well-run campaign. Uh, what do you think that the complaints are other than, oh, we like Bernie better? Um, you know, we don't want another Clinton. We want somebody who, even though Bernie's a Washington insider, is definitely not not in bed with corporations or Wall Street. Uh, in a sentence, uh, uh, what would make her top or, you know, increase that gap where she has a lead with, with Senator Sanders? Right. Well, you know, I think you've touched on some things that are a problem for her. Obviously, the dynasty factor. She's sort of, we're almost seeing a version of what we're seeing on the other side of the aisle, where there's this backlash against the establishment. And it's really the same thing that's sort of exciting the Trump base. But I think really all she needs to do is get rid of Bernie, because, you know, we saw her doing better in their matchup earlier on in the primary. And, you know, as as we were discussing earlier, it's tightened. So to me, I read that as not so much being a failing on her part as it is just enthusiasm for him. And I think if she ends up, you know, facing off against a Republican, these people who feel like she wasn't good enough on Keystone relative to Bernie will jump on board for her. All right. You were awesome. We'll have you back on the show again. Thank you for joining us. Our guest is Hunter Walker. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.